through deep waters I know that you will be with me when I'm standing in the fire I will not be overcome through the valley of the shadow I will not fear and I am not alone I am not alone you will go before me you will never leave me I am Good morning, this is Christine. The scripture today is taken from book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 21 to 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great sufferings at the hand of the elders, 
and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week we talked about the passage that precedes the one that was read just moments ago by Christine. It shares Peter's declaration of Jesus' identity as Messiah, the Son of the living God. And two realities converge to make possible that declaration by Peter. One was the prompting of the Holy Spirit within him, and the other was the living experience of Peter to Jesus, his relationship with Jesus himself. And now, starting with verse 21, that relationship, that experience between Jesus and Peter is about to take a dramatic turn. It's, it's going to deepen even further. But only one of those two elements is present in this second statement of Peter about who Jesus is and what he expects of him. In the next statement, Peter basically says something relying only on his experience. He totally ignores the prompting of the Spirit to allow him to discern further the truth and the reality of the situation. So when Peter says that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, he has a certain image in mind as to what that looks like. I mean, as the chosen one, surely Jesus will be well looked after. And as the son of the living God, certainly he imagines nothing bad will come to Jesus. Peter's way of thinking is that suffering and death on a cross have nothing to do with either of these titles. They're not even options. He hasn't even thought of these things. They've, they've not crossed his mind. And so when Peter calls Jesus Messiah, the chosen one, he's thinking strength. He's thinking victory. He's thinking liberation. To paraphrase a well-known personality south of our borders, we like the kind of heroes who don't get themselves crucified. Have you ever been surprised by the actions or words of someone? They seem to come out of the blue and, and shock you. They seem at odds with the person you thought they were. They've left you sorting things out afterwards. If you're a parent, 
Perhaps your young toddler, that perfect little angel, one day you, you notice the countenance upon them suddenly changing. Something you've never seen before in their face. And, and like a missile flying through the air, they launch whatever it is they're holding in their hands across the room, sending someone else's child into fits of anguish with tears streaming down their face to uh, recognize the emotional, if not physical, injury inflicted upon them by your little angel. What do you do in that situation? You quickly but gently take your child by the hand and guide them to a place in that room where you can talk with them about what's just happened and, and to make sure, to let them know that, that something like that should never happen again. You take them aside. Matthew tells us that's exactly what Peter does with Jesus. In verse 22, he says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. The image Peter has in mind of what Jesus is like and how life should treat the Messiah is totally different from the one that Jesus is about to show them. From that time on, Matthew writes, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Would you have the audacity to ever take Jesus aside. What do you do when Jesus doesn't behave in Scripture the way you expect him to? When he doesn't say the kinds of things you would say to a certain group of people? What do you do when Jesus talks about life, his life and perhaps yours as well, not in terms of comfort or ease or success or the happy moments in life, but, but suffering and challenges and sacrifice. In short, what do you do with Jesus when he doesn't live up to your image of him? This passage is a reminder, an actual reframing of the temptation that Jesus faced when he entered the wilderness after his baptism. The temptation comes to impose another will rather than God's to impose our will on God, to get what we want the way we want it with ease and without difficulty, struggle, or pain. When we talk about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, how many do you hear talking about expecting pain or anticipating suffering or even preparing for loss? Not very many. What I hear more often is surprise. Surprise when these things do happen to us. Surprise that following Jesus can be harder than we expect it to be. Surprise that it can demand things that don't always come naturally to us. Surprise that it asks things of us that that aren't always easily given over, things that we're not happy giving up. 
So let's keep listening to Jesus' expression as he explains to Peter what all of this means in verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? The focus of Peter's objection to all this talk about suffering and dying, of course, is Jesus. But could it not also be that Peter is having more than just a little insight into what is about to happen in his life, how his life will turn because of the events yet to unfold for him, an insight that he's not yet prepared to face. After all, in not that many years from this point in Scripture, Peter will become a martyr for his faith in Jesus Christ. So the call to lose our lives for Jesus' sake is, is not is not losing ourselves simply in a, a selfless cause, as noble as that is. Here it's a specific demand that's placed on every would-be follower of Jesus. A demand to be willing to surrender, to sacrifice, to give over our wants and will so that Jesus can command our lives. It's to recognize that we are to surrender our own self-centered ambitions, our own self-focused goals, our own sense of what life should be for us, so that we can live the way Jesus demonstrates life to be for those that follow after him. Caroline Lewis, professor of homiletics at Luther Seminary in Minnesota, has this to say about the cross of Jesus. She says, before the cross was the symbol it came to be, it was a reminder of this very moment. The moment when you catch a glimpse of what life, calling yourself a Christian, really means and making you hesitate. The moment when you are told that life the life you thought and you wanted or planned for and prayed for was not, after all, the life that, that God had in mind for you. The moment when you have to choose whether or not you're willing to have something else or someone else have more control over your life than you. Lewis goes on to urge us to reflect that way on the cross, not just as a symbol of our identity as Christians, but rather as a reminder, a reminder of that moment in time for every one of us when our identity as Christian has been called into question, when it's at stake or when it's even in jeopardy. For a long time, I've understood that there is embedded in any and every talk about the cross uh, this demand for giving over control to Jesus, to prioritize his way over our will. And that doing so may in fact lead to suffering and hardship and rejection in some circles. 
But what I've learned over more recent years, in deeper ways than perhaps at the time I was prepared to experience, is that suffering, even from other things, things other than, than taking a stand for Jesus, well, there is so much more even to that kind of suffering than we might realize when we are followers of Jesus Christ. Because when we grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. When we lose loved ones, when we lose a job, when our health is threatened, we experience heartbreak, of course, yet we are carried by God. And it's a journey towards healing with a God who not only sees our suffering, but experiences it in his own heart, who offers us the strength to continue on when otherwise we would not be able to put one foot in front of the other. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Suffering, all kinds of it, it is not absent from the life of the Christian nor is it to be avoided by any one of us or ignored because it's a reality. At best, however, it can reveal the power of Christ that's in us. Christ in us, Scripture says, is the hope of glory. When Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan, he was saying, here is your place. Your place is behind me, Peter. It's not in front of me. It's your place to follow me in the way that I would choose, not to try to lead me in a way that you would like me to go. And that's, after all, what Satan tried to do in the wilderness temptation with Jesus, to direct Jesus to his way, to try to control Jesus, to manipulate him to follow his own purposes rather than the will of God. Barclay says, Jesus does not remove Peter from his presence, but he recalls him. He recalls him to his rightful place as a follower in the footsteps of Jesus. The next time you feel like taking Jesus aside because his ways are not your ways, take a good look at why that might be. It might have something to do with you putting yourself in the wrong place, putting yourself ahead of Christ and what Christ desires for your life. Before the cross became jewelry to be worn around our necks or wrists, before it became a tattoo we had scribed across our chest, it meant the willingness to take a stand, to stand against those powers that that silence and oppress the weak and the abused. It meant speaking up for those the world might crucify. It meant having the courage to, to call evil by its name. It meant the resolution to renounce those systems and leaders who choose themselves and put themselves above others. Don't wear the cross just to show the world who you are. If you want to wear the cross, wear it to remind yourself of what the world needs you to be. Because following Christ 
does not make life easy. It makes it count. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for being with us in all of life, for being right here today to receive our praise, for being in the strong moments of our lives, directing our energies to those who need our help. Thank you for also being with us in moments when our knees might buckle and our backs bend with the weight of worry for ourselves or others in the world. Renew us in the midst of the chaos and the evil of our time. Lift our spirits, O God, that we might stand willingly against wrong wherever it is seen. Help us not only to kneel in protest, but, but to kneel before you in repentance. Help us to grab hold of those who need a lifeline today. To speak up for those who have no voice. To act for justice and mercy for those trampled over or pushed back or walked on. Lead us in your ways, O God, that, that we might find our lives by losing them to you in the things that break your heart. Forgive us for putting our wants ahead of your way. Enlarge our trust and ground our faith in a living action that someone even this day might see Christ in us. We pray for those whose homes or dreams or lives have been uprooted or shattered by hurricane winds and floodwaters or some other crisis. We pray for countries that are at war, for those caught in domestic violence, for women who have been stripped of dignity, for the neglect of children. Lord, we pray especially for parents across this country mourning the death of daughters and sons from drug overdoses and drugs laced with fentanyl and other substances. Lord, we pray for each young life lost from whatever cause and for those left grieving. The scriptures tell us that you have the power to turn our mourning into dancing, that you can wipe away every tear and so we pray today that you would help us to dance again, even in these COVID-filled days. We ask for wisdom, for a way forward in a world that seems to have lost its way, even trusting only in themselves. Give us eyes to see, O oh God. Grant us ears to hear your word, that we might follow as you lead for we live even as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you in the joyful moments of your life and in the sorrow-filled ones. May God give you a purpose and a focus and a direction as you hand your life over to God's way and God's leading. And because of that, may God grant you progress and joy in the faith. Amen. You're the kind of love that can outlast the night. And you're the kind of love that is willing to fight when the going gets tough and
far This battle for my heart You took out from the start You are the peace when my mind's at war And oh, you will never stop fighting for me When I can't fight for myself Every word is a promise you keep Cause you love me like nobody Civilized.